You're listening to the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I'm Clive and I'm joined by Ricky. How are you tonight, Ricky? Yeah, I'm doing well yourself. I'm alright, I'm alright. I had many a technical difficulty tonight getting set up for the podcast recording session, but I think I've got everything sorted now. Um, Fingers crossed we're alright. So... Ricky, you and I popped our Wrestle Kingdom cherry this week, well last week there. How do you feel? Feels like the first time I had sex. <laughs> Are you a bit sore? I mean, I wasn't sore. What, so, what were your thoughts overall in Wrestle Kingdom? Obviously, before we have seen the likes of your Okada Omega matches and things like Ibushi... Nakamura, AJ and Omega but this is the first time we actually sat and watched the majority of Wrestle Kingdom all the way through and what were your thoughts of it overall? I think um, I mean I could sit here and say it was like five star matches all over I could sit and say it was the greatest thing I've ever witnessed but I think the biggest compliment I can give it was and I said it last week um it just sort of reinforced my love of pro wrestling after watching that entire pay-per-view. Uh-huh. Uh, I said to you before that whether it was on record or certainly certainly on texting each other, um, I said to you that I felt I was starting to lose interest in wrestling and I was probably going to give myself a few more months and maybe up until Mania time, similar to what Barry was saying as well, but I, d- I don't know if it was a New Japan product or it was just a, those kind of matches or certain individuals, but once I watched that, I just I sort of realised this is why I love like, pro wrestling so much, and I say that's the biggest compliment I can give it. Um, I can give each individual match a great rating, but overall, top to bottom, like I said, it just really did reinforce my love of pro uh, pro wrestling. Uh, it was good. What one of the overall positives I can give it? This might sound like a lacklustre, like one word opinion, but I would give it consistent. Uh, I know we were talking last week about trying not to compare New Japan's product with WWE, but in terms of like pay-per-view consistency, what I watched last week was top to bottom, really good, really good wrestling, good storylines were told, excellent quality of matches. Whereas with the WWE pay-per-views, you get some decent matches, but overall, there's not that much consistency over the whole of a card. But we got that this time. Um, it's, I will definitely be making more of an effort to keep in touch with the New Japan product probably I think it goes without saying that our favourite match was the Jericho Okada Omega one, would you agree as well? Yeah first um, I felt the Fatal 4 was probably my favourite but watching it again and I have watched it again, it was Jericho and um, Omega Uh, yeah that was my favourite match Um, 
I think also just listening to their podcast because I actually watched the match again after listening to the podcast and you could sort of the things that they were saying you could sort of almost see what they were saying Is this the um, podcast that Jericho's got Omega on? Yeah, they just, they just came out yesterday right. um, Not listened to it all yet I'm halfway so through it was it was a good podcast, and like I said, they spoke about stuff that, that the build up to the to the match, that, when how the match came about. They spoke about certain things that happened in the match. Um, so, in less little, just little things that they mentioned that you sort of noticed after watching it again. Um, like I said, we're not we're not here to sort of bash WWE. We're just sort of here to sing the praise of New Japan because like I says it's it's unfair to compare them because. They're completely different, and I think if you, if, if if the question was ever posed to Vince, Vince would turn around and say they're a wrestling company and we're not, sort of thing. Uh-huh. You know, so it's yes, they're the same, but in Vince's eye, a lot of people over there, it's not the same. And let's say because of the restrictions, WWE have got the things that you can and can't do. Obviously, you're most likely more likely going to get better matches in New Japan because there seems to be more freedom for them. Um, mm-hmm. And in saying that, that's not to say that the guys in WWE can't do that because, you know, if you gave AJ Styles and Seth Rollins 35 minutes and says, you do whatever the hell you want, like, you know, they would be producing five-star matches. So it's just the, it's just the rules that WWE have got in place and that's the way it is. But let's say we're not here to bash them. It's more so just sort of appreciate what we watched last weekend yeah the i will be honest and i think i've said it previously when i first heard that jericho would be involved in this match i was not concerned i was feeling a wee bit cynical because <clears throat> jericho had lost a bit of pace in his last few years especially last year with a few matches that he had it just seemed a wee bit slower than normal but i'll hold my hands up there was no even the fact that it was a no dq rules match there was no indication from to me that Jericho had lost any pace. He kept up throughout that whole match. Uh, so, big shout out to Chris Jericho. He's done it yet again. He just keeps doing it. He keeps proving us wrong all the time. Uh, and he has been... He's been in my top five, probably, of all time. And I don't think he's going anywhere soon. He'll be there for a long time for me. This is an excellent chapter in his story. Really excellent stuff. Um, what I liked about him, see the way they started the match as well. With a feud, the, the way the feud they had, it had to start with a bang. And the fact that Jericho sort of bashed in, shouting and bawling and like battering him in the back of the head. That's how you start a brawl match. Uh, it was really good fighting with the Young Bucks, fighting with Red Shoes, putting Red Shoe's son in the walls of Jericho and saying, is that your son, is that your son? Just his, his heel work was on fire. One of my favourite bits was when he was shouting, Kenny, Kenny, taking the piss out of the, the fans. Just so, there was one one very slight thing that put me, not put me off, but just took me out of it was when Jericho was in the, the ropes and Kenny was about to do it. He did a V-trigger through the table and Jericho hung on. I don't know if it was he was trying to hang on or he was just trying to position himself so he went through the table properly, but there seemed to be a wee bit of a hesitation there. And it just seemed a tad sloppy, but I could be wrong. It could be that Jericho was just trying to hold on. But there was just such a good story told, and I've said before that Jericho's... He obviously puts a lot of thought into his matches with his opponents, talking to them beforehand. 
and there were some sequences that I liked. Just, but it was lightning fast sequences, a lot faster than he's working WWE, and maybe that's because he's working with someone like Kenny, one of the best in the world at the moment right now. Uh, his speed was evident. There was another bit that I marked out for big time was when Kenny was going for the one-winged angel and Jericho just rolled it up and turned it into a Walls of Jericho and then even the lion, t- he broke out the lion tamer as well which was just sensational, really good stuff. We haven't saw that in, what, like forever? Mm. Um, probably since when he first came into WWE. He did it at the um, start for a wee while, but... Yeah. And it just turned into like your standard sort of boss and crab sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, don't get me wrong, the Walls of Jericho is a good move, but the line table that puts yeah, a, that's, a torque. That's, that's, that's excellent. Because like I said, it is a torque that gets on, his, on, uh, on the back as well, and it just it just looks it just looks horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think with it being a an old DQ, it sort of helped Jericho as well. You know, you, there was times in the match where you're able to sort of like make it look like you're doing something but in reality you're sort of catching your breath and that's what the whole when he had the camera up and like as great as that was you can like, even that was a moment where he could just take 5-10 seconds just quickly get his air and then continue going again um, but I know overall he kept pace and like I say it was um, I don't I don't know if it blew if it, if it was exceeding my expectations because I don't really know what to expect going into it if I was honest yeah um, so I really wasn't sure, um, but I, like I say, the match itself was was absolutely excellent, um, and the fact that he also seems to be he's going to be sticking around for a wee bit longer as well, um, evidence in the, in the next night um, where he attacked uh, Naito. That's right. So yep. it'll be interesting to see that feud as well. And then obviously, I think they've already started the potential tease or the split up of. The Bullet Club, or sorry, removing Omega from the Bullet Club, but he um, apparently has signed a, a one-year uh, extension, so his contract was due to run out sort of like the end of January, but I think he's extending now to January 2019. So that's interesting. Um, it sort of made sense, like, because he tweeted out that he was he was all in, that um, that that card, that event uh-huh. uh, they're putting together, so it seems like obviously for anyone who's thinking they might be going to WWE, that's that just sort of like put that to bed, and then the new contract definitely does. Uh huh. With the whole Naito thing, it's good to see that he's staying on there. I mean, the way things are going, there's just no chance that he'll be at WrestleMania. So is Naito? I don't know who else he would be involved in. It seems like I can't. I'll be. Admittedly ignorant here, I can't remember the stable that he's hanging about with at the moment, but there are a couple that he's hanging about with, so there could be some trios action going on at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, with regards to, he was saying there as well that he wants to be the Brock Lesnar of New Japan, where he comes in, he's like a special attraction that comes in just for certain shows, um, picks and chooses when he comes in, does a programme and sort of helps elevate them and helps get elevate that person and the company over in America more and more uh, so I'm thoroughly enjoying what he's doing at the moment and you, you mentioned Naito there what were your thoughts on the, the main event with Naito and Okada? Um, 
you know, I was. Uh, you don't want to sit and compare it to previous sort of matches you've watched in New Japan because um, I don't think anything will compare to Omega and Okada. Um, but for me, I thought it was it was a really good main event. Um, wasn't the best match on the sh- on the card, um, but it certainly didn't disappoint. It was I thought it was a really 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 good wrestling match. Um, it's not not going might not be one of those ones where you're. You're thinking like three, four, five years down the line that, oh my God, you go back and watch that. But for what it was, it was just a right good, solid ending to a very good pay-per-view. Uh-huh. Um, and the reality is, like, people need to remember, not you're not going to get five, six, seven, eight, ten-star matches all the time. Like, it's just not possible. Um, so <clears throat> that was a good way to end it. And I think that doesn't... Um, you're not going to get like, all these matches are going to blow you away. But that, like, so that was the wrong word. Not so much blow you away. But give you these ten out of ten sort of matches, but that was a right good solid ending to a good 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 pay per view. Um, so yeah, like I say, it's, um, I did enjoy that match. So I did, I did. It was probably probably one of my top three matches. I must admit. Um, but like I say, it was just that slight notch below Jericho and Omega. But mm-hmm. you know, it's not like we ended the pay per view on a bad note at all. Yeah. I I will have to watch that match again I think because I was just so on a buzz from the Jericho Omega match that it kind of wouldn't say fell flat but when you're following up an amazing match with something that's a bit more of a clinic it's hard to get back into that mood if you know what I mean and that's why sometimes like you get with the WWE is that they might have a big match but it goes on like not second last, but just before it's all the third last match, and then they'll have that sort of like match no one sort of cares about, or just a sort of middle of the card match going on second to last, just yep. to sort of like allow people that time to sort of come down and the death spot and absorb, uh, and absorb what's happened because it was that not, um, no, I can't remember what exactly match it was, but unless when Lesnar beat Taker, I don't think the triple threat match preceded that straight away, did it? No, there was a women's match before it. See, that's what I'm saying. Like that is, I can't remember who the women's match was now, but that's a spot you don't want to be in. And that's no. probably what they might have needed just in there. But like I say, that's not a spot you want to be in personally. Mm-hmm. But it, it serves its purpose because, like I say, you just want the fans to sort of to come back down a wee bit, of, back, come back down to reality and just sort of like get their emotions in check and then get ready to go on another roller coaster, so to say. Aye. A few other takeaways from the pay-per-view overall for me were the positive ones. I wasn't like blown away by the Young Bucks, but there was some good sequencing and some a couple of comedy bits. Not comedy as such, but when each tag team part member had the other person in like a submission move and there was slapping going on and stuff like that it was quite funny, I enjoyed that it wasn't the best of matches, I preferred the other tag match which had big British Bulldog Junior in there wearing the same gear that his dad wore in the late 90s in the WWE, They, the coloured elite squad they looked excellent I was really impressed with them another tag team unit that I enjoyed were War Machine and JR I I hadn't put two and two together with that one. I quite enjoyed what War Machine were doing. I liked their moveset, big power moves. They're basically, if you're sort of comparing gimmicks, they're they're a more polished and brutal version of the Bludgeon Brothers at the moment. 
Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that the Bludgeon Brothers aren't polished, but War Machine, their gimmick's not as cheesy, basically. So I quite enjoyed mm-hmm. that. The bit that I liked, and again, I was... Certain matches I was I had on something in the background because I was I'm not wanting to say what I was doing or anything you know do I get in trouble or anything but I had it there and I, like I had he, one eye on it he was working I was <laughs> I was doing something else um, was there not a moment where if both bucks were in a submission move and I don't know which one it was but went to tap out and as he went to do it the other one grabbed his hand probably I can't um, remember exactly. Now, I don't know if that was there, because I've seen it again later on, I'm not sure, but I thought it was that they were both sort of like a sharpshooter slash sort of Boston Crab sort of thing, uh, submission move, and they were like facing one another, and and one of them went to tap, and as he got close to the mat, the other one grabbed his hand and prevented him from doing it. Um, It just sort of reminded me of, um, you remember Revival were doing that, where they were holding on each other's hands, and then they both ended up tapping. That was just... Brilliance, beautiful moment in NXT's history. That one. Mm-hmm. The so, like I said, um, the Bucks. I think, I think to be honest, in that match, you sort of got everything that that they, they do. That they're about. That they actually are good wrestlers. They're really good. But you also get that choreographed sequence and some of the random stuff they're doing. Some of the things that people just don't like. And like I say, it's just, I think they're just one of those teams that you either love them or you don't love them. And um, like I said, it's not right or wrong either way, but. Um, actually, I do think they're good in the ring, though, and I think they do get sort of a a bad rep um, in terms of just some of the other things they do, uh, like some of the choreograph sequences and stuff like that. People think that's what they're all about, but they're actually not. Mm-hmm. One thing that didn't feel choreographed was the never six-man tag open gauntlet thing. Right, so mm-hmm. I'll hold my hands up. I only know a select few wrestlers in New Japan, but I had no no clue what was going on in that match because I didn't know who was in whose team. It was just it was a bit of a cluster, but I still enjoyed like the moves and stuff like that. It was still exciting to see, but it was just a bit all over the place for me. So I think that was maybe the only negative I would have for the whole pay per view. The, the funny thing about it is. Those are the kind of matches WWE seem to excel in. I know. The, so. a, a lot of people have been a wee bit divide, divided on Jay White, the Switchblade guy. I, I quite enjoyed him, actually. I really liked Jay White. The What he brought to it, he's got this sort of arsehole attitude. He's cursing and blinding. Uh, it was quite exciting. I just thought it seemed remind me a wee bit of Seth Rollins in a way. I don't know if that was just what he was wearing, but they just seemed to have that same attitude. So, do you, do you like Jay White? So, that is the first time I've ever seen him or and heard of him. Uh, no, I quite liked and, him, and I did quite like him. So now it looks like he's also going to have um, a feud with Kenny Omega as well. Aye, that'll be interesting. Um, aye, so that says. First time I've seen him, so I don't really want to form too much in my opinion. What I seem seem to be all right, um, but let's say I'm. We are showing of our how like, how novices we are when oh, New Japan and things like that. But we openly admit that. So you know, but I don't really have too much in my opinion on him just yet. Uh, we, we are novices. I'm not going to deny that. But 
the match that I enjoyed just for sheer entertainment wise was the four way match. That was just excellent, really entertaining stuff. <clears throat> you know, you'll also be, you probably will be excited to hear that um, Will Osprey is due to face the one and only Pete Dunn. Um, oh. At an event, I think it's somewhere in the UK now, I can't remember where or when. But let me find out on Twitter for you, but that's happening quite soon. Um, yeah, I did see the poster for that. I also saw a poster for, I don't know if it was true or not, but Pete Dunn versus Austin Aries. Yeah, I think that's the back end of this, sort of towards the end of the month. Aye, that'll be good as well. Might, might touch a wee bit on Austin Aries later, but I'm not sure. Um, but the the never the sorry the super junior match was really exciting. Osprey, we know what he's like. I've not seen Marty scroll scroll before, but he amused me. I don't know if it's just that sort of British asshole mentality, but see when he kept calling out all his moves, super kick and all that, and finger snaps. I just quite enjoyed it. The the super the what do you call it? The sunset bomb off the apron that Will Osprey took. Oh my mm-hmm. God Almighty! How is he still alive after that? Well, there was there was a few spots of that. To be honest, the entire um, the entire card, um, like um, where Cody hit a uh, crossroads. Oh, that uh, that was a really good match as well. Uh, that's pro- probably the best Cody match I've seen actually. I don't. Uh, that 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 looked terrifying. I <laughs> know. It that really shouldn't have did. been allowed. It really, really did. I know. It was thing of beauty right enough, but still, it just looked absolutely brutal. Aye, that's that's gift material if there ever was one. Uh, as soon as I saw that, like happening live, like within minutes on Twitter, it was up on Twitter, and I was Aye, like, it exploded. Really to quickly retweet that. See another bit that I really liked in the four way match. See that Takahashi, that time bomb finishing move. Mm. Oh. He was excellent. I really liked him as well. So, thumbs up for the Wrestle Kingdom all overall. Overall, uh, most definitely. I say um, the biggest compliment I can give it, like I say, earlier on, was it just reinforced my love of wrestling and just reminding why I love wrestling so yeah. much. So, it's definitely worth a watch. Aye. So that was that was your novice review your um, beginner's review for Wrestle Kingdom and I'm going to actually hand it over for a couple of audio segments some contribution that we've had from people who are a bit more expert in New Japan, so here we go What's going on Ricky and Clive this is Rich from One Nation Radio and I just wanted to call in with my quick Wrestle Kingdom review I thought that it was an excellent show from top to bottom. Um, the matches in the undercard delivered, uh, and at the same time, they didn't take away from the matches that were on top. Uh, I thought Omega and Jericho was a five-star match. Uh, there's been some debate among some folks, but not for me. Um, I was so impressed with those guys, as well as with Naito and Okada. Okada's pants were absolutely terrible, though. I hope he never wears them again. I hope someone burns them um, and throws uh, the ashes into the Pacific Ocean. Um, was very impressed by Kota Ibushi and the Young Bucks, and, uh, you know, looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom 13 next year and a great year of wrestling from New Japan. Peace. 
Hey, Ricky and Clive, it's Jeremy from Keeping It Strong Style. Just want to call in and give my quick thoughts on Wrestle Kingdom 12. Overall, from top to bottom, Wrestle Kingdom 12 was a great professional wrestling show. Um, there was no match on there that you can say it was bad or it was horrible. All the matches were from good to awesome. My favorite match of the night was the Alpha vs. Omega match. Chris Jericho vs. Kenny Omega. No disqualifications. It was a great, great professional wrestling match. Overall, I gave that match a 4.75 out of 5 star rating. And I'm just looking forward to everything 2018 for New Japan. Those are my quick thoughts on Wrestle Kingdom 12. Shout out to Rich from One Nation Radio and Jeremy from Keeping It Strong Style. Much appreciated, guys. Thanks for contributing to the show. Rich and Jeremy submitted that audio via the power of Anchor, a a wonderful wee app for podcasters and podcast listeners, which is slowly but surely starting to gain some traction. And if any of you ever want to contribute some audio to the show, any question you want us to discuss, then get yourself the Anchor app. Favourite my station, which the username is 205Clive, that's 205Clive, and use the call-in function to ask us a question and we will be sure to answer it on the upcoming pod. Now, we've got some slightly longer audio coming up. This is from our regular guest, JR. JR couldn't be with us this week, uh, he's not well, but he is our resident New Japan mark, so it would be remiss of us not to have his opinion on Wrestle Kingdom. So, here we go. Over to you, JR. So, I'm absolutely fucking dying. Absolutely dying of the cold. But I'm making the effort to do a wee comment on Wrestle Kingdom 12. Now, as you're well aware, I've been in New Japan since Wrestle Kingdom 9. So, I think that was 2015. <laughs> So, like, my initial impressions on the event are just as follows. I thought it was a really solid, solid show. Um, I thought that the two main events were amazing. I thought that Jericho and Omega exceeded my expectations of how the match would be. Everything there was was there psychology-wise. I was happy to see the Lion Tamer. I mean, I was really happy to see the line tamer. I was marking out so much about that. Um, the main event was really good. However, Okada's trousers slash pantalones were, were really, really, really distracting. And I'm going to need to go back and watch that match again, just purely based on the fact that I think I was watching... of that match and I was actually just looking at his trousers the whole entire time and it was it was actually taking me out of it that that's my own fault because obviously you know it's just my attention span at the time but um I thought that the the four-man match for the junior heavyweight was really really good and I'm very happy that a lot of people have been exposed to that level of like what a cruiserweight match should be like do you know what I mean? Let the guys off the hook in WWE and these guys can have success and they can be as over as these guys that are in New Japan. Um, my only kind of thing that I would say about it is that Kushida is fucking amazing, but due to the fact that I think he is less flashier than 
the other guys, he was hidden in this match, and he did two amazing things. Um, I think it was the into the armbar. Um, I think it was like a top rope into the armbar. I can't remember who it was from, but I was just like totally fucking marking out. Um, to follow it back to the main event as well, sorry, um, just forgot about that. I thought that keeping the title on Okada was the complete right thing to do. Um, I think that Okada is the best wrestler in the world. I think that Naito, I can understand why people are upset that Naito didn't win. However, you've got to realise that New Japan works on a more long-term basis. It's not... Naito's time to win at Wrestle Kingdom yet, but when he does, the fucking roof will pop off off that fucking Tokyo Dome. Honestly, it will be so fucking good. I'm really happy that the event was very popular. Um, I'm really really happy with the attendance. Say, I think it was thirty five thousand or something like that, which was sorry, it was thirty five thousand paid, um, which I think was ten thousand more than he had last year. So it was very very close to a sellout. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think th- that was like a million more dollars because of that, which is, is just phenomenal. It really speaks um, to the the thing that, that for the at least the Western audience, that Omega and Jericho are complete draws. Um, what amazing, an amazing pay-per-view that I would say if we didn't have such high-quality um, New Japan shows uh, last year Dominion was probably one of the best pay-per-views I've seen since um, last year since uh, WrestleMania 17 I would say that the previous year's Wrestle Kingdom was up there and the previous year was, was up there as well so maybe not as good as previous years however I think the standard for wrestling these days and I think uh, Ricky uh, touched on this in the podcast. The, the standard wrestling is, is fucking phenomenal right now. We, we are truly living in a golden age, and I think that this Jericho Omega thing is just going to kick off, you know, the ability for people to actually realise that there is alternatives out there to WWE. It is different, and it's good in its own way, just the same as WWE is good. And I'm practically salivating at the thought of Jericho and going for all the major guys, Tanahashi, Naito, etc, etc whenever that is, I'll really be looking forward to it, I'll be paying a lot more attention to New Japan this year Um, it tapered off for me uh, at the end of G1 however, I really feel that that, that now is the time, with all eyes watching um, for them to really, really, really kickstart this USA thing, honestly they, they, they can do it serious business over there and I'm looking forward to the next year of wrestling it's going to be amazing, thank you Right, so that's us back and thanks to JR, Rich and Jerry Jeremy, sorry a couple of things that they mentioned Okada's pants what did you think of Okada's pants? (laughs) (laughs) He normally wears like Whatever you want to call it, tighty whities or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I don't think you want to call them tighty whities. <laughs> no, I know, but I don't know what, what do we call them? Knickers? I don't know briefs. Um, just trunks? No, it's not even trunks. Uh, it's not even trunks. Doesn't matter. Uh, I they were a wee bit. Scotty too haughty. I saw that tweet. I can't was that because it could put out. Was it Caleb that put it out? I don't know. Might have been yeah. Someone did put it out. Uh, it was. Mm. 
his attire wasn't exactly the greatest, and to be honest, neither was Kenny Omega's costume thing either. Um, I know, I think that's from a computer game, Destiny. That went way over my head. It just looked like a sort of cheap I mean, Egyptian god guy, and it was. But I think that's what he likes to do at Wrestle Kingdom, so fair play to him. But Well, listening to the Jericho podcast, it was not what he wanted whatsoever. Really? Um, he, and he sounded quite annoyed about it, but he'd laughed, but you could tell there was sort of. You could tell his tone, it just it didn't seem too impressed. That he put out this, he, he told him what he wanted, and I think he, he got in touch with the office and was like, oh, "Can I just get a preview of what's like what it's looking like and this the, the music and stuff?" And he says, "You'll have it by four And he got a message at four o'clock saying, "Sorry, um, we can't do it." And then that was it. <laughs> um, so he didn't seem too happy. And even Jericho was like, "I hate to compare it, but if that was the WWE, like they would have people working day and night." To get right. that fixed and sorted for you, sort of thing. So it definitely wasn't what he was wanting, but I think he ended up quite liking it, according to what he was saying on the podcast, anyway. Aye. It's one of those things that's not really going to be talked about that much. It's not going to be talked about as much as Okada's pants, anyway. Dreadful stuff. So, shall we get back overseas to America for the WWE product? Yeah, why not? You'll be glad that. A certain Mr. Mizzenon returned, then? I mean, yeah, it's good to have him back and stuff. Um, <laughs> you don't sound so happy. I don't sound well, that's the problem. Um, I know everyone's fallen, fallen to pieces over here with this Australian we've flu. Got, we've, all got this, we've all got this Australian flu, even though we're all British. But I've never... Right, cool, that no laughs anyway. I know. Um, that was shite. No, aye, so everyone's <laughs> got it. But anyway, Miz, um, aye, you know, happy he's back. Um, it's good to see him. Um, hopefully, I was kind of wanting Joe to win the IC title. Um, but I suppose if Miz does win it, then that's not a problem whatsoever either. Um, so aye, it's good to have him back, good to have him back. Um, obviously, we get the, the rematch at Raw 25 as well. Aye. So, and that itself is going to be an absolute stacked three hours. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how long that match actually gets. I have my issues with that, Raw, but I'll discuss that another time. And just what, what is your issues with it? Well, you've got all these legends coming on, and it's basically a whole entire roster's worth of legends coming on for a three-hour show, which happens to be the show right before a Royal Rumble, a big four pay-per-view, where are they going to fit in time to do stuff for the Rumble? The thing is, um, my issue <laughs> was, if you go to some of these sites that they're naming off all these legends, Steve Austin, Taker, like D-Generation X, um, Brother Love, he's coming back. Uh, he is, <laughs> so on and so on, and then they've got the Bella Twins mixed in there, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, right, apparently they're legends. Oh, well... They might be to some people. Are they okay? Not to me, not to you. No. But anyway. But, no, like I, I think, I suppose the one thing you could look at is that there aren't too many storylines, I suppose. Like you've cut the the title, main title, you've got the IC match itself, and then you'll have maybe the tag title, if I was going to have it, if I are going to have a tag title match. And that's pretty much it. Maybe, and I've heard rumours that Alexa Bliss is going to be taking on Asuka and she's going to be defending her title on the Raw 25 show. So, really, aye. 
I don't think you'll need too much. So I think for the most part, I think it's just going to be sort of like a nostalgic act. Aye. A lot of it, I think. And I, I don't mind it too much. I mean, we'll talk about it in depth probably next week and the week after, obviously, but Undertaker being there, so it'll be interesting to see what he's going to do. Um, if he's actually going to come back to set up another match or whatever, but... I uh, we'll see. We'll see. And if he does, I'd rather not see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's done. Because, yeah, he's, he, does, he didn't look good the last couple of times, and as you can tell, it's, it's just a struggle for him. But that's, oh, that's the only reason. I couldn't care less if he, quote-unquote, supposedly retired. That storyline-wise, I don't give a shit. If he, like, I'm not going to be one of these people who are going to say, if he comes back, oh, my God, but he was supposedly retired, what's going on? That, that I don't care about that storyline part. That storyline part doesn't make any sense anyway. Well, why people get? Why 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 would you get caught up in that? It's not. I can overlook some continuity errors, but the Undertaker retired last year. Come on. I know, but I suppose like, Mick Foley retired. I know, right? Right, but Paul Scholes retired from my and then come back six months later. Boxers retire and then come back. Professional athletes all retire, and a lot of them come back. Uh, to me, it doesn't mean shit. I understand that people say, "No, oh, it should be like a passing the torch and all that." But at the end of the day, Vince is a sports entertainment company, and at the end of the day, is people retire and come back. Doesn't really bother me. I'd rather not see it right enough. That's fair but, enough. That's a good point, actually. You know? But I say I'd rather not see it because he hasn't looked that great. But I don't know. We might get seen a taker, but we can discuss that later. We never know. Well, before I talk about Cena, I just want to go back to Miz for a wee minute, and it looks like there is a wee bit more support for my theory that the Miz might face Finn Balor for the IC title at WrestleMania, or at some point in the future. So you had the Miz return with the Miztourage, they're all back, you've got, you basically get three stables on the go at the moment, so you've got the dodgily named Champions Club, right? I know that's a piss take, but that's what I'll call them just for quickness. Champions Club. You've got the Balor Club and the Misterage, and they all interacted with each other at the end of Raw this week. So I think that Miz will get the title back, and then at the next Raw pay per view, Fastlane. No, sorry, it's the Chamber, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Fastlane's a SmackDown one. You'll get a, a six man tag match between the Misterage and the Balor Club, and at Mania, we'll get the. IC title match. That's what I think is going to happen. So, mm-hmm. I hope, I hope that Miz gets the IC title. Too. Just, just so we know what's happening, so that Roman's not walking about with forty belts on his waist by the time that <laughs> to twenty nineteen comes around. I think. Um, have it, have the shield have the shield split up? I, I don't. Well, <laughs> I was I know Ambrose out, but I was just kind of confused by that whole thing where. I don't know is Roman on his own again and Seth's part of the tag team which I think um, we might I think we're, I think we're probably going to get Seth and Jason Jordan obviously at some point as well um, how do you feel about that? as a, as a wrestling match it's going to be fucking unbelievable <laughs> I know, you know like, I'm, I'm excited oh, I'm excited and, and, for and I know we're speculating but then you wonder who needs to get that win Look, do you know that's a no, I would I would give that to Seth. He has he's missed. He's not exactly missed WrestleManias, right? He's missed one. 
Ah, that's a good point because he beat Triple H last year in his redemption story. So who who needs that victory more? I would well, say, I think, still say honest, Seth. I think, and I think what they're going to do is I think they're going to bring Ambrose back and he'll turn on Seth and be like sort of like during my rehab you done nothing you didn't come see me blah 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 you were too obsessed with my tag titles too obsessed with yourself and then we're going to get that hopefully not to SummerSlam depending on when Dean Ambrose is back maybe I'm quite like I'm so in love with the Hounds of Justice at the moment even though Dean's not there that I don't actually want Dean to turn, to turn heel anymore he's going to have to yeah, it's going to have to, I suppose. It would, I mean, as much as I enjoy Seth and Dean together, apart, against each other, that's that chemistry's up there. Maybe you could argue even better than the likes of Austin versus Rock. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think... Um, sorry, give me a second. And this isn't meant as a, as a knock or a slight or anything like that, but... Seth Rollins, I've I've loved seeing the tag team, uh, him teaming up Ambrose and, and the feud they had with the Bar. I think they were that was excellent. A couple of great great matches, um, but let's be honest, Seth Rollins is one of your absolute very very best in that company. Yep. like one of the top three five guys without an absolute doubt. So, you know, I would like I would actually would like to see Seth and um, I would like to see Seth and Dean. And I'd also like to see Dean and Roman, and I would love to see Roman and Seth as well at some point. Um, so I think that's, they might end up doing something like that. I think they might go Dean and Seth, and then they might go Dean and Roman. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like, obviously, it's going to be quite a while before Dean's back, but if, <coughs> if and when he comes back, they've got a lot of creative storylines they can use there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. The um, Talking about John Cena a wee minute ago there. Now, Samoa Joe hinted quite heavily that he want, he was wanting to eliminate John Cena from the Rumble. Now, it looked, I mean, he didn't, he didn't hint at it, he just flat out said it. <laughs> aye. He basically said, I'm going to put John Cena out first. Now, to me, that said, right, it's going to be Cena and Samoa Joe at the Rumble, but... Uh, sorry, at WrestleMania, and that would have been that is a marquee match right there. But Joe's injured now; he's ruptured some bones in his foot. Well, he's done. Apparently, what I read was he's done his plantar fasciitis. Aye, and I don't refer, don't know if you remember. Remember, I used to have that issue in my feet. Yep, all the time. So it was agony. But obviously, I think he's flat out ruptured it. Um, and I've read it can take about two months. So I think he's going to be fine for Mania, but I, I don't, I've not read anything about his Rumble status. So I mean, if it's going to take two months, you'd imagine he's out of the Rumble. But obviously at the time, he probably wouldn't have known how bad it was when he made those, when he done that interview. Aye. Um, but, serious question, like, is John Cena versus Small Joe a bigger match than John Cena versus AJ Styles for the title? <laughs> Because that's all I read was he's not going to be Cena Styles because they've got something much bigger planned for Cena. I wouldn't say that's bigger. What? You wouldn't say what's bigger? Cena Joe is bigger than Cena Styles. Did they say that before Samoa Joe got injured? 
No, this was just on Twitter and stuff like that. The, the reason why a lot of people thought Cena was going to win a Rumble, but I think it was Dave Meltzer says that Cena was not winning Rumble because they're not going to do Cena styles. They've got something much bigger planned for Cena at Mania. There's only one or two I can think of that would be bigger than a match against either Joe or AJ, and that would be Undertaker or maybe the return of Mr. Batista. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not trying to knock Joe Rink because I absolutely love Joe I think he's absolutely amazing well he had an excellent year I think year, probably I think. sorry I think he had a really excellent year one of the uh, ones who avoided that I loved that. his time in TNA and I always talk about TNA like, in terms of AJ Styles and small Joe etc and a couple of others but Joe's excellent um, I just think because it was AJ and it's, you've got the title and it could almost be seen like a, as the final match between AJ and Styles AJ and uh, Cena so Aye, no, but I mean, if she forget, if we get Cena, if we get Cena and Joe, like, take my money, yes, please. Aye, hopefully Joe gets well soon. This this is what happens, though, when we're coming up to Mania season. The injuries start mounting up. I can remember a couple of years ago, it was injury, injuries all over the place. Mm-hmm. So that's Dean and Joe. I don't know how bad Joe's is. Just hope they're I think right. he will be back, though. I hope so. I sincerely hope so. Um, we've got a tag me- tag team title match coming up, as you're seeing there, with the bar and Jordan and Seth. And we've also got a two out of three falls match between the Usos and Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable. So that's two tag, two amazing sounding tag team title matches coming up for the Rumble. But the question is, which one will be on the pre-show? Because I think one of them will be. I don't want them to be, but one is, of them will is, be. Is, is Seth and Jason Jordan in the bar? Has that been confirmed? Aye. Yep, Kurt Angle. Uh, the bar were saying to Kurt, we want a rematch, and Kurt said, right, you can have it at the Rumble, and they were fine with that. They said, aye, that's fine, that'll do. Right, let's, let's, let's run through the Rumble card. Right, okay. So, so you've got those two, right? Uh-huh. You'll most likely have... Cedric Alexander and Enzo Amore. Oh, that's pre-show. Right. You've got the two title matches, two main title matches. So, there's five. Right. Right. You'll the two rumbles. Probably, I don't know if we're going to get the women's titles matches. There's not been anything uh-huh. confirmed yet, has there, for that? No, so that makes, like, why would Charlotte be in the rumble match? You know, it makes no sense. And then you've got the two rumble matches. The two rumble, aye. Which will take up, I would say, two and a half hours all in between the two of them. Uh, I think two and a half hours is too long, to be honest. I know it is too long, but I think that's what it'll, that's what it will be. Because is it, it's 90 seconds, isn't it, between each participant coming down? I think so. So that's 45 minutes, right? Straight away. Uh-huh. And then you generally get from the final guy coming in to the end, you're probably getting about 10 minutes. So, say about 55 minutes to an hour. And it's, it'll, see what, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the women. Do the women come down every 60 or will the women come down every 90? They'll probably do 60. So, uh, even if we go and say they do 90, so you're looking, I think you're looking at about two hours. So, if you're looking at what, maybe a four hour show probably. 
Uh, one of them will need to be on the pre-show then, definitely. Uh, uh, what one would you want to see? Or what do you think will be in the pre-show? I think it will be the SmackDown tag titles match. Yeah, I think so as well, and to be honest. It's like, if you're asking me which one I'd, I'd rather, it's, it's difficult. It's a case of, like, do you prefer, like, tomato ketchup or do you prefer brown sauce sort of thing? Like, brown sauce for me. So, you know what I mean? You want to see the bar and them on the actual main show. So, I would... I, I would really love it if somehow managed to get both on. But I just don't see how that's possible. No. And it's annoying Then again, it might be, especially see if the women... Are not defending the titles, then the US title won't be defended. No, no, we're going to have sorry, we're going to have that as well. Are we not? Aye, uh, I don't. Maybe it will be the IC title that doesn't get defended. Then I don't. Uh, maybe I don't think that will. Sure, the US title won't be on pre-show. I kind of hope so. I'm losing a bit of interest in it already. Really, it's going to be probably be Bobby and Bobby and Jinder. Oh Christ. Um, see, especially after did you see that interview that the Usos had where they were saying they were basically raging that they've been on the pre-show all the time uh-huh. I'm quite right too because they keep putting on amazing matches mm. so maybe yeah. that's the um, problem is like by default you're always going to put probably the Smackdown titles for tag titles on the pre-show because you're not really going to put the US or the IC title match on it you won't put any of the women matches on it because I think that would get a lot of backlash as well maybe one if there is a title match maybe the women's title match can go in the pre-show depends who it is see that's a... I just don't think will, I just don't know if there's going to be a title match though. how do you build such a thing up already and they've only got a couple more weeks of TV to do it So I don't think they will defend the women title. Um, I don't think. I don't think the US title will be on the pre-show. I think it probably will be the SmackDown and the Cruiserweight uh, titles on the pre-show, which is kind of gun because that two or three falls match could just going to be excellent. Oh, I know. I mean, and that's a really good. I love that stipulation: two out of three falls. American Alpha Two being heels now. I hope that doesn't mean. They're going to try and turn the Usos' face, like... Well, they're kind of de facto faces now after the... Just out of sheer appreciation from fans. Uh, I think from the fans, but they don't they don't behave and act like faces. Aye. But I suppose, in a way, you could maybe say that they'd done that. That was a start last week, where one of the Usos came running back in and said, you've pinned the wrong guy, pinned the wrong guy, sort of thing, like... But pleading in a way to like, I hope not. I hope not. Would you not say that when the Usos in the New Day had the sort of truce in the ring, would you not say that was when they kind of turned face? Can you say that again? Sorry, I was just saying. Would you not say that the when the Usos in the New Day had the truce, the SmackDown after the Hell in a Cell? See, I, I say that to you, and I think it was like just talking, and then like. The following week, they're said back to being who they were again. Heels. It was. I don't know. It's just um. Just don't mess with something that's working. 
I know, and it was. You know, if, if it's if it's not broke, then don't don't try and fix it. So they're consistently the best thing going on in SmackDown for months and months. Mm-hmm. And they might get relegated to the pre-show yet again. I will be I will be watching the match regardless. I totally forgot about that US title match as well. Because if that wasn't on, then I think that tag title match would have been on the main show. The main show is going to go four hours. Uh-huh. Um, I obviously with two rumbles, two title matches. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of an overrun, actually. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I would. I wonder. What, I would probably. I don't think you can have the rumbles going back to back, though. No, that's too, too much attention demanding. Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of because the Royal Rumbles. It's not an adrenaline-filled watch. It's more so just those that countdown where you get pumped up and then sort of towards the end as well. I think the women's one will open the main show. See, I, I would, I would, I would do that. I think you've got to space them out by at least a couple of matches anyway. Oh, at the very least, I. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of heel turns and who's facing heel, what is going on with Daniel Bryan right now? Um, Apparently, he rejected a contract. Ah, I heard that. I think in that contract, he didn't say he could wrestle or anything like that. Um, also, apparently, they're going to turn him heel because he's obviously going to leave probably at the end of September if he doesn't get to wrestle. And they basically just want to try and deflate all his momentum. Well... People aren't going to be annoyed at Daniel Bryan. A lot of po- folk are going to be annoyed at booking. Crea- mm-hmm. Creative for doing that. Do they not realise things like this? I think I'd right. See if you... I don't... He wouldn't... He's not going to extend his contract, right? So... I don't know. Like In my mind, you can turn them heel... It doesn't make a difference because he come October first or whenever he can get out and he can wrestle, he's going to sell out any arena. Right. It's as simple as that. Like, fuck, you can you can pass him clear, clear and fit to wrestle today, right? And say we're not going to extend your contract and see for like the next eight nine months, you can literally have him lose every night, like within five ten seconds, mm-hmm. and I still guarantee you the moment he walks out. He is going to be the biggest draw in wrestling. Oh, aye, without a shadow of a doubt. That people are just, just desperate to see him now, and aye, I don't know if it's going to happen in WWE, but I th- if it does happen, I can kind of, like, I think, I can kind of see it being almost a double turn in a sense that somehow Shane becomes a heel and Daniel Bryan's a face or Shane aligns with Kevin Owens and Sammy like you said last week so uh, I think I don't think they're going to go full heel with Daniel Bryan I think it'll be Shane that eventually turns heel and maybe aligns himself with Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens and um, Sammy because at the end of the day it's Shane's doing a lot of heel stuff as well Aye, he's already like, acting like a I heel. mean, like, you're restarting matches and stuff like that, and just, like, like Sammy tweeted out and all that, you're restarting matches and stuff just to get 
just to get one up on these guys and so you can finally put them in a place and stuff like that. So you're, you're doing sort of heel, sort of, you've got heel tendencies right there. I love how they said at the start of the show that a referee's decision is final and then the main event came down and said, no, that wasn't correct, we need to start the match yes. again. That was just ridiculous. That's the, th- that's the thing a lot of people just just can't stick with them. Just stick, stick it just now because you're just being so inconsistent even just from that. Like, look, there's no need to say stuff like that. Look, the referee's decision is final. Just, just be like, oh, the referee made a mistake and we'll move yeah. on and that's it. The, I mean, I was the last couple of weeks I was quite enjoying what was going on with Smackdown but this week's episode was a bit Mm, nah, not feeling it. I just hope they're not going to go back down this road again of just shit booking again. And although Jinder's not involved, I was like AJ with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That was some good. It's a good, good um, people that are in the main event, but they're already starting to sort of ruin it a wee bit. The, the booking side of things. Do you agree? I think. I think we just need to sort of get, hopefully, past the rumble, because I think at the rumble we're going to get some answers. Because uh, I think at the rumble something's going to happen in that match. Oh, so, once we get to the rumble, we'll hopefully get a clearer picture of what's going on and who's going to be doing what at WrestleMania, etc. It's just a case of getting, getting to the rumble in a couple of weeks' time and then just seeing what happens. Uh-huh. Hopefully it picks up, because it's just... Just, it's amazing. I know it's like one episode sort of deflates you a wee bit, so hopefully the bigger picture pans out for the better. Mm. Um, now, we don't really talk much about TNA, but I wanted to bring something up. Now, I don't know how many fans, uh, listeners of the show actually follow TNA, and if you do, then this could be spoiler city for you, but there were some tapings last night, a couple of interesting things happened. First of all, They've went back to the four-sided ring, which I'm happy for. I've never really liked that six-sided ring. Um, but I didn't even know that Austin Aries had went back to TNA or Impact, and he is the world heavyweight champion of TNA straight away. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't feel anything, to be honest. <laughs> such a shame. But, like, I just... it, is, it is such a shame, because see, like 10 years ago, that company was just was so on the up. It was unreal. It was going places and then they just fucked up. They brought Hogan in and fucking Bischoff and it's just like you just suddenly got away from what was what took you there in the first place. Exactly. And, and, it, and it's sort of the rise their New Japan's rise sort of reminds me of what happened with TNA. I think New Japan's it's it's at this point now there's more exposure for them. Obviously, just because ten years down later, you know that's just the world we're living right now. I think more people are are more investing in yeah, New Japan at this point than they were in TNA like ten years ago. But there's just similarities in the sense that what TNA were doing was just different and that's even the ring I didn't like the ring but the ring was different they had the exhibition which was different it was new and they were just putting on all these great matches and that's what you sort of get the feeling from New Japan 
but then they just TNA just went off in a different direction and it's like and they've never ever recovered from it since and it's a shame because like I say it's 10 years ago like they were just putting on just great show after great show after yeah. great show um, and I'm not going to say they were ever going to be WCW type like threat to WWE or anything like that but I don't even think they were a threat at that point but they were just, they were building up a fan base and like I say it's now gotten to the point where people are just like I don't care anymore and who knows maybe it'll work out for them but aye Austin Aries back Impact aye it never worked out I suppose in WWE I think he should have stayed in the NXT a little bit longer um, I think just because of his injury I mean I saw good and then he, aye and then he went on commentary and stuff like that but it was just it was unfortunate it never worked out for him there but you know aye I don't give a shit about Impact or TNA or whatever it's called aye. anymore I'm done caring, I just thought I'd bring it up because Austin Aries had a fallen out with WWE or whatever story you want to believe and although things might not be rosy at Stamford, Connecticut, surely they can't be any better with TNA. Fair enough he's got the other indie bookings and he's a champion of another, I think he's um, Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore champ, I think. That rings a bell. And I think that's probably, it just gives him a freedom to still go around and do go wrestle for different promotions and stuff like that as well so they probably might not be tied down to them uh-huh. but it just felt like I know they've got the, um, Don Callis involved but I don't think that's going to make much difference I mean they've had how many reboots have they actually had in the last like, three years mm. it was like right this is it this is the time where we make a change and we're going to be for the better and it never happens so it's a shame for the wrestlers if it ever does fold but it just needs to be put out to pasture I think and done with for good can you believe that's lasted longer than WCW uh, it's crazy it isn't it? it's absolutely crazy but it's just because WCW had such a high that you never that that you sort of expect it to last longer if you know what I mean just because it was it was such such a big deal and, you, and when you think about it it really it lasted what like Seven or eight years or something like that. Rough. Um, something I eight, nine, what was it seven. Around about ten, maybe ten. Because it was NWA first, and then NWA WCW, and my history is a bit patchy in that one. But the fact that TNA lasted longer than WCW is just baffling, considering mm-hmm. how popular WCW were at one point. Mm-hmm. So. Before we close up tonight, we'll do, we'll do the quiz in a wee minute, but I uh, just want to remind everyone of the t-shirt competition giveaway thing we've got going on with the rest of the guys at the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Please leave a six-star review on the likes of Apple Podcasts, Podbean, places like that. Um, take a snapshot of your review that you've written for us. Send it to either Jeremy over at Keeping It Strong Style. That's jeremy at com the email address or you can just snapshot it and send it to at Rick and Clive's DM box on Twitter uh, and we'll enter the competition for you if you win you win a wrestling t-shirt of your choice we'll sort out all the things after that with regards to the delivery sizes and stuff like that so get rating get reviewing and get a t-shirt in return so will we go on to the quiz time now Ricky mm-hmm. 
It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Right, so here we go. Ricky, you've got the quiz for us this week. I do indeed. Here we go. I actually, it's 10 questions. Right, okay. Oh, sorry, 11, because I was going to go for 20, and you told me not to, so I've got 11, so I may as well give you the 11. Will we tell them why we're not doing 20? Yeah, the reason why, folks, is that next week we're going to have, hopefully have John Ross and Barry on. Um, we'll do a quick, quick Ross Smackdown rundown, pre-review, and then basically for the rest of the episode we're just going to have a big, massive, massive quiz. Yep. Uh, just... I- because we feel like it and it's our podcast and we can do what we like we can I, I got someone in the secret Santa for Christmas got me the WWE 2018 annual and it's got a few quizzes in there and I thought excellent it's going to be well it's well going to be done in a pod quiz pod <laughs> um, so looking forward to that next week so that's why um, I, I would like to warn people as well next week um, I think the real Scottishness is going to come out because I think we're just going to be screaming and shouting and just talking absolute nonsense, if I'm honest with you, at times. So feel free to have a, a translator with you when you're listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right, on you go then. Steve Austin beat who in the King of the Ring 1996 semi-final and final? Oh. Do you know it's that infamous promo and I can't remember? Was Michaels one of them? No. I, I've not got a clue then. Mark Miro. <laughs> Jake. Jake. Jake the of snake. course it was Jake. Right. HBK beat who in the main event for the World Heavyweight Title, WWF title, whatever it was known back then, in the main event of that pay per view? Triple I will H- give you a clue. He was mentioned during our New Japan uh, review. Triple H in the 1996 won the title, King of the Ring. Hmm? Triple H, did you? What, what was the question again? Shawn Michaels. Oh, Shawn, you said Triple H. No, you said HBK. Sorry, HBK. I said HBK. Beat who in the main event for the World Heavyweight Title? WWF title, whatever it was known as. I'm going to take a, a wild stab in the dark and say Mankind. That's wrong. I mean, I did tell you we mentioned this guy's name <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> so you did. Uh, Marty, <laughs> it was uh, William Osprey. <sighs> British Bulldog. British Bulldog, okay. Right. The Undertaker has won the tag titles seven times. And that includes when he won like a WCW, W slash WWF the tag titles, right? Uh-huh. He's won it with four guys. Name three of them. Kane. Mm-hmm. Big Show. Mm-hmm. You said WCW as well there? Yeah. Um, but that wasn't during his WCW days though, I don't think. That was like when WCW was under WWF sort of thing. Alright, oh, when the invasion? Could have been. 
I was going to say Scott Hall there because they were a tag team back in the day, I think. Like, way back. Mm. Right, so Big Show, Kane. <sighs> Who's he been pals with? I can't give you a clue. Oh, um, oh. Austin? Yes. Do you know who the fourth one was? No. Well, when you think of Austin, who do you think of as well? The Rock. Yes. That's right. They beat Edge and Christian, didn't they? Right. Triple H has won the IC title. Correct. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't want it properly. Um, has Triple H won the IC title more times than he's won the tag team titles? No. Yes, he has. He's won it five times. How many times has he won the tag titles? Three. Okay, I'll take your word for it. That was just how a many, guess. How many times has he won the Rumble? Triple H just has. Um, two. Name them. Oh, this, is just, this is a bonus random question. I'm just adding on to it now. 2002 2016 Yes At which pay-per-view did the Austin versus Kane first blood match take place? Do you remember it? Yes I think it was inside the cell King of the Ring 98 Yes How did that match finish? Um, Please don't say someone was bust open No, I know Uh, (laughs) Well, that is what happened, isn't it? Austin smashed <laughs> Austin smashed the chair off the ropes and the ropes smashed no. it. I, was it? No, I'm confused. I thought I thought it was not or it might have been but Taker moved Kane out of the way. Aye, and then Austin rammed the chair Aye. chair bounced off the ropes and hit him in the head. because then like Taker was like I couldn't watch my brother sort of set himself on fire. Imagine that actually happened. WWE letting a guy let him set him, let him set himself on fire. <laughs> Who was eliminated first in the 2017 Royal Rumble? 2017. Jack Gallagher. Big Cass. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Name the final four of the 2015 Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose, Big Show, and mayoral candidate Glenn Jacobs. You're wrong. Oh, so I am. Can I have another <laughs> guess? Can I have another guess, please? You're going to get it right now. Go ahead. Big Show, Kane, Roman Reigns, and Rusev. Yes, I, I threw that in because I thought that was a bit of a trick question. It was, it was. Uh, well done. Well done. See, I, like. The bit I liked about that fight, that final five or whatever, when they were all facing off, it was showing uh, Kane was standing up, and then like Ambrose and Reigns were helping each other get up, and then they sort of like faced them, and then like they sort of looked at each other, and then you sort of like Ambrose grabbed Roman's hair, and like they smacked heads together, and they were like, "Let's fucking do it." So I think I don't know why I just kind of liked it because it sort of brought you back to the, the shield days. To the shield days. Uh, Bret Hart. Versus Undertaker in 1997 had Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee. At which pay per view did this match take place? Um, SummerSlam. 
Yes. How, and the final question is, how did that match end? Let me take a moment's reflection here. Um, did oh, what was it? Undertaker went to hit Bret Hart with a chair, but hit Shawn Michaels by mistake, and Shawn Michaels rang the bell. Disqualification. No, that's something else. Another match you're sort of thinking of. What happened with this what one? Was, this was, um, I think, Brett brought the chair in when he hit triple, when he hit Undertaker. I think Sean took it off him. Maybe well, Sean Mike was wearing those fucking right short, short things he was wearing. White tighties. Um, <laughs> and then he was saying to Brett, like, "No, you can't use it." And then Brett, like, properly grogged for our American listeners, spat all over HBK's face. So triple, um, triple H, HBK swung the chair at Brett. He ducked and it hit Taker. And then Sean had to count one, two, three. No, I remember now, I I remember watching it as a kid. And I remember Taker powering out of the, the sharpshooter. But oh, it was such an awesome feeling seeing that. Like, I was so excited, so I thought he was going to win. And then when he lost, I was absolutely devastated. It was a really good match, that. Yeah, it was. It was fucking excellent. Because I, I think Brett had a match with... Um, the Patriot as well, I think it was at a SummerSlam as well. And that was a fucking great match as well. Here's a, a quiz question for you. What was the Patriots music? Oh, something patriotic. It was Kurt Angle's music. Was it? As far as I'm aware, I might need to double check that, but I'm sure the Patriot had the, the medal music. You know who had fucking great patriotic music? Jack Swagger's entrance music. <laughs> Jack that Swagger. was fucking excellent. <laughs> what a random thing to come out with at the end of it. I know, but then he put his hand on his heart and it was like, we the people, and everyone. Remember he got arrested because he was fucking high in his car? Aye. People, people then started shouting, weed the people. What, <laughs> we the stoner? <laughs> Not like weed as in Aye. W-E-E-I. <laughs> uh, yes, excellent. Thank you for the, the quiz, Ricky, that was good. I think I did quite well there. A couple of them I was a wee bit unsure of, but I got there eventually. So hopefully next week's good. Hopefully. I ha- hopefully, have- I'm, hopefully I'm still alive for next week. Ach, you'll be fine. It's just the Australian flu. You'll be... No, I self-diagnosed well when I'm on the pod. I've got pneumonia. <laughs> all, the signs, all the signs are there. I've got swollen glands. I can tell already just by touching it. Pneumonia is quite a, a grim diagnosis there, Ricky. I know, but I've got all the symptoms, though. Fever, headaches, dry cough, pain in the chest, uh, coughing up mucus. People don't want to hear this. Uh, I don't really believe you, you know. Uh. <laughs> no, like, I'll send you a photo right, of the mucus once you've got the phone. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I can't wait. So, I hope you've enjoyed this show. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Um I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please check out the rest of the guys on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We've got Rich and James doing One Nation Radio and One Nation Live. We've got Josh and Jeremy doing Keeping It Strong Style. That's obviously really think, popular at the I moment. Think, did the one that came out yesterday, I think, did they not? Or was it the day before? Um, Tuesday-ish, but that's, that's good stuff, that one. Uh, uh, Monday. Came out Monday, sorry. Aye. And the SMZ Wrestling Podcast, I believe they have one recorded and it should be hitting your ears 
um, soon, I hope. It'll be good to hear them again. We are Ricky and Clive, at Ricky and Clive on Facebook and Twitter as well. Check out the socialsuplex.com website for columns, reviews of Raw, Smackdown and NXT as well. Loads of stuff going on with the Social Suplex guys. If I've missed anything out, I don't think I have this week, actually, have I? Yes. No, um, no you've not. Just the, the Wrestling Squared Circle group on Facebook. Get and join that. Good chat on there, some good laughs. Um, and I think that's me for the plugging tonight. Um, hopefully we get John Ross and Barry on next week. Um, right. We need to follow through with the quiz now, because we've said it. Yeah, we definitely will. Uh, shout out to everyone else on social suplex, and obviously, um, shout out to Between the Ropes, but more importantly, it's a big day on Saturday night. I don't know if you're aware. No. You, you may as well just go on Twitter and see, I've, I've been retweeting. Oh, is this NFL again? <sighs> shout out to my Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Hashtag fly, Eagles fly. Yes. Fuck your Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> John Ross is not going to be happy with that Kev um, isn't going to be happy with that either Um, just made a couple of enemies right there for enemies I suppose so well I'll just say laces out that's all Um, Ray Ray Finkel was screwed what? Ace Ventura oh right okay Anything else you want to say before we go? No. Um, that's all. That's all. Just like I say, I'm really involved to next week now. Yep. I think next, next week's podcast will just be sort of full of laughter, I think. And just, Hopefully. Yep. Right. So, look forward to get your trivia, guys, and play along with the quiz next week. And thanks for listening, and good night. Take care, guys. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.